Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jordan from the future coming back to the beginning of episode 40. Now, what you're about to hear was recorded earlier on Wednesday, January 24th, uh, sometime in between Vic Fangio leaving the Miami Dolphins and now Jim Harbaugh joining the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, obviously, we would all love to hear Brett's opinion on both Jim Harbaugh leaving, um, Sharon Moore taking over as head coach, um, Jesse Minter going with Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, um, and all other things Michigan football because Brett loves to turn this into a Michigan podcast. However, uh, this episode has already been cut and ready to put out. Uh, so tonight's episode and what you are about to hear will only be about the Dolphins and Vic Fangio, and we will cover Jim Harbaugh on a later episode. Thank you for supporting the list, and I hope you all have a great night. Welcome to another episode of The List. Second week in a row, Jordan and I are back on camera. Unfortunately, unlike last week, we do not have a Dolphins legend. But uh, Jordan, boy, do things change quick. You and I were going to record yesterday. We were going to do a show giving season grades. You were like, let's hold off a day. And in the last two hours, shit's hit the fan for the Dolphins. Vic Fangio's gone, but... Like, I was in the office. People can see I'm wearing a I, – all I did was take off my tie. But we're recording. I haven't even gotten to eat my orange chi- orange shrimp yet. I didn't get orange chicken, got orange shrimp. But, Jordan, how was the last couple hours for you? Um, it's been an interesting couple days. I was coming on here planning on um, doing a bulk of the time talking about Terry Rozier. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I was jumping around trying to find things to talk about. and We were talking about doing grades. Um, and then Vic Fangio got let go. Um, and here we are. I think it's a. I think it's a good move overall for the team. Um, I think that they realize they need to go a little younger, um, and I think they realize that it wasn't a good fit between the Dolphins and Vic Fangio. I think that uh, you see the reactions from players like Cam Smith, uh, from Jalen Ramsey, from Javon Holland, um, all of whom were very happy to uh, see that a change is being made, um, and we'll see who that change goes to. Um, I know there have been some names that got thrown out early that we're definitely going to talk about. Um, but it's nice to see – and the defense wasn't a huge problem, um, so it would have been very easy to keep Fangio for another year. Uh, but I think identifying that there's a problem uh, in-house and making that change is going to only make the defense better next year. Yeah, and well, let's go through the – going to start with the negative first. Of course, everybody – a lot of people on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, are going – well, Flo went through, fired a court offensive coordinator both of his first two years, and in the third year they went to the co-offensive coordinator. So we're going to do co-defensive coordinators this upcoming year. And in some ways I think it is fair to ask the questions about McDaniel. But at the same time, I, I do think it is a very lazy comparison because, like you said, the defense – wasn't necessarily the problem at the end of the year. There were still a little too many mistakes and communication errors that I didn't like, but I think we could put a lot of that up 
to there being so many injuries. But like you said, when you see that Javon Holland, of all people, is sending a video out uh, both literally and metaphorically telling someone to kick rocks right after Fangio is leaves with consent. We'll say he got fired just because I think it was pretty much a don't call us. We'll call like we'll call you thing. It's not you. It's not you. It's us. Whatever you want to say. Um, um, I don't know if you saw Javon Holland's dad actually came out with a funny tweet saying everybody loves the iPhone, but they don't want the iPhone one hashtag upgrade. So uh, Trill Williams, who's no longer with the team, was complaining about him. Talked about Cam Smith, talked about Jalen Ramsey. I kind of figured that there were some issues in-house, but I didn't realize how bad it was until you see all those comments come out. Yeah, it's clear that there was a problem, and it's interesting because you always talk um, about how you never know what's going on behind the scenes of the team, um, but this is perfect. Uh, there was no inclination that something was wrong with Fangio. There was no inclination uh, that players and hims and him were, were rubbing the wrong way, and when this decision got made, very quickly you realized that this was a very obvious problem. Um, so I first give props to the rest of the Dolphins staff and the Dolphins roster um, for keeping this in-house for most of the year. Um, the Javon Holland comment was funny. Um, I do know there were a couple other people um, that I've heard and seen that have, have spoken to Javon, um, and he's quite thrilled with the decision. Um, it seems, from what I'm gathering, uh, that the next defensive coordinator is already in place, um, that that person has already been named and knows that they're going to eventually be taking over the defense. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that's true or not. Um, but it seems like the players um, have a very good inclination, and I've used now that word three times in four minutes of an episode, um, that this next defensive coordinator uh, is going to be a player-friendly coach, um, a lot in the same way that McDaniel is for the offense. Yeah. And Drew Rosenhouse, I don't know if you saw either, he came out and said, yeah, Fangio wasn't liked. And Drew represents a lot of Miami Dolphin players. So he definitely has his finger on the pulse. And like Cam Smith saying stuff, we all like, we are kind of like, you know, he hasn't played what's going on. That's one thing, but the, really Javon Holland, who is a captain, someone who has been voted captain two years in a row, I believe by his teammates and someone who is entering the final year of his contract. He is someone you want to keep happy. Jalen Ramsey is someone you want to keep happy. He's going to be here. But, you know, I was ready to write off uh, Channing Tindall, just bring him up. I was ready to write him off because he wasn't getting snaps. Said we're going to give Cam Smith another year. You, know, you and I have been on and off the Fangio bandwagon all season. We've said, you know, he has the pedigree. You just have to be patient. But we were still frustrated. And the one thing I did, I forget who tweeted it, but the one thing someone did say is a big complaint from the defense was, why are we not shadowing top receivers anymore that much we did it what once and it was when x was hurt why are we having cater kahoo in the slot defending stefan diggs why are we having him defend rasheed rice so that is something that kept becoming an issue throughout the season and we um we talked about cater kahoo struggling we talked about players being unhappy 
how much of this now we're seeing everybody vent how much of cater Cahoo's struggles were him just regressing and how much was offenses realizing we can just stick Stefan Diggs into the slot. They're not going to put Jalen Ramsey's Davian Howard on him. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to wait and see. Um, I think we're going to know a lot in this upcoming season um, how much of it was Fangio and how much of it was uh, the players and how much of it was just them not being that good. Um, so it's going to be very interesting, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on whoever the next defensive coordinator is uh, to come in and be successful right away uh, and take these players um, and turn them back into the players uh, that they were previous to being in Fangio's scheme. Yeah, I am I am interested now. It does kind of give everybody a clean slate to see if it was, like you said, the players or the coaching. But like I said, I'm just so shocked how negative the response was from the players. Like I knew Fangio had issues. He is stubborn. We've talked about that all year. He does have his guys. Again, going back to Cam Smith versus Eli Apple. That was so, a that was yeah. a fireball offense. Now looking back, that's the part that angers me. There's no way you can keep your job in 2024 playing Eli Apple for the entire season. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And then again, it comes back like I, I mentioned Channing Tindall earlier. Maybe I didn't. I don't know when I froze. But uh, no, I didn't hear Channing Tindall. Yeah. Oh, I, I was saying I was earlier. I was going to write him off as a bust, but how much of it is a bust, and how much is it just stubbornness? Again, we saw in the playoff game, Duke Riley could not stand, and rather than come out because Baker wasn't available, he's hurting. Next play, we give up a touchdown. So. It wasn't perfect. There were improvements, but it is a hard defense. relies on a lot of communication, and not everybody likes that type of defense. But it's quite clear something needed to change. And hats off to McDaniel for making that change. And like I mentioned at the beginning episode, yeah, we can talk about how flow went through three – well, four offensive coordinators technically, but I don't think this is the same situation. Um, uh, this is actually, and I'm going to stop you there because David Furonis, I probably butchered it, uh, tweeted that the Dolphins have had at least one new coordinator. This will be the ninth consecutive season that they will have at least one new coordinator. And I'll take you back. Here's some names. That'll be great. Uh, in 2015, they began with Bill Lazor and Kevin Coyle as holdovers for the 2014 season. They were both fired, and in 2016, Clyde Christensen and Vance Joseph were the coordinators. Uh, going into 2017, it was Clyde Christensen and Matt Burke. Going into 2018, it was Dowell Loggins and Matt Burke. Going into 2019, it was Chad O'Shea and Patrick Graham. 2020 was Chan Gailey and Josh Boyer. 21 was Godsey, Studsville, and Boyer. Then Frank Smith and Boyer. Then Frank Smith and Fangio. And now, hopefully, Frank Smith uh, with whoever replaces Fangio. And it's not looking any better because next year, Frank Smith will probably get a head coaching job if he makes it through this cycle. Um, and we'll probably have a new offensive coordinator going into 2025. Yep. Don't know if you know this, but I saw this yesterday. Frank Smith and Mike Kafka are the longest tenured offensive coordinators in the NFL. Yeah, that's they're pretty crazy. Yeah, their second year because 
Uh, Titans hired Brian Callahan the other day. So because he was the offensive coordinator for Cincy, now every team has changed the coordinator since the 2021-2022 offseason. So those are just ridiculous numbers. But to kind of talk about it as well, and we were mentioning the players upset, the vibes are a big thing. People don't like hearing that word because it is overused. But you mentioned Matt Burke. He was awful as a coordinator for us. His one play was the double-A gap blitz. So all you had to do is keep a running back in and catch one of the blitzers, and you were going to beat the Dolphins' defense. Um, Kevin Coyle, he only had – he was off too. He just had to put four defensive ends on and just do the speed rush. But unlike Kevin Coyle, Matt Burke has gone on and had a pretty good year as defensive coordinator for Houston Texans. Now, a lot of that is D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan's that coach. But it does show you that sometimes it's just the fit. And I don't didn't remember this from last year, but something a lot of people have been pointing out today is go back to Fangio's press uh, press conference, introductory press conference, and they asked him about the Eagles, and he said he couldn't confirm or deny that he would have been the Eagles' defensive coordinator if the if the thing with Gannon, who went to Arizona, didn't happen. So a lot of people are speculating, and it, I think it's fair at this point that Fangio never really wanted to be in Miami in the first place. Um. I think there's a difference between Fangio wanting and preferring to be with the Eagles and Fangio not wanting to be with the Dolphins. I think a lot of people are jumping to that conclusion. Um, But I think that – I don't think the Dolphins were the only team that Vic Fangio could have worked for this year. Um, And I think working with Mike McDaniel, who he had a previous relationship with, and I think working with the talent that the Dolphins had on defense uh, was his intention. He, He liked that he was coming here. Um, I think everybody just quickly realized um, that he's a very old school guy and that just didn't fit uh, with this group of Miami Dolphins. Um, Are there other teams that we've had that I think this version of Vic Fangio would have fit with? Yeah, absolutely. I just don't think it was this team. Um, But as we transition forward, uh, it'll be interesting to see because he obviously didn't take uh, that Eagles defensive coordinator job, which went to Sean Desai. Um, It'll be interesting to see if Sean Desai who interviewed with the Dolphins previously, uh, will be a name that the Dolphins look at. I think when you look outside, I know Brandon Staley is a name that a lot of people are throwing around. I just don't see Brandon Staley as a fit. Um, I look at a guy like Sean Desai. Um, I look at a guy like Chris Richard, who if if you've been following the Dolphins, even not that long since the Brian Flores um, interview process, uh, Chris Richard was somebody that the Dolphins – fans wanted really badly as the head coach. I think he would get a warm welcome. player for us too. And he was a former player. And I think that that would be um, a good fit. So Richard, Sean Desai would both be better fits um, to me than Brandon Staley. Um, And then you look in house, which I think are the more realistic options. Um, Anthony Campanile, um, who I'll learn how to say his name when he gets hired. Um, Ronaldo Hill and Sam Madison. Uh, Ronaldo Hill and Sam Madison – Obviously, um, had good careers with the Dolphins. Uh, but I think all three of those guys in-house, one of them being promoted, um, would be very, very well received in the locker room. Yeah. Brandon Staley is one that I see people linking to us, and it seems reaction is mixed to be nice. I do wonder how much of that is people looking at his – Tenure is the Chargers head coach, which I admit I've been one of the ones to say he was a moron and an idiot 
with a lot of things is decision making is clock management. So I think it is fair to question that. But I will be honest. My first thought when I saw the news this afternoon was Miami doesn't want to lose Anthony Campanelli. I agree. Um, he, I don't know if he interviewed yet, but an interview was requested for him to go with the uh, Giants earlier in the week. Maybe in last week, but interview was set up. So the wheels start turning. And I kind of had an inkling that a change of defensive quarter might happen based off of McDaniel's end-of-the-year presser where he came out and said – he was asked about Fangio and he said it's too early to make a decision, which just how I responded kind of made it know that he was probably leaning towards not being here anymore. Yeah, I think when you look at the three guys that are in-house, um, you have a guy in Ronaldo Hill um, who's been coaching since 2012. Um, he's the only one of the three guys in the house that has been a defensive coordinator uh, at the professional level. He was the Chargers defensive coordinator for two seasons. Um, he was also um, a Dolphins defensive backs coach uh, and a Broncos defensive backs coach before that. Um, you look at Sam Madison. Uh, Sam Madison spent three years um, as the Chiefs uh, s- secondary coach uh, and then came over here and now has been the cornerback coach and pass game specialist uh, for two years for the Dolphins. Um, so it's very possible that the Dolphins see Sam Madison as a guy that can move up into that role. Um, but the hot name that everybody loves um, is Anthony Campanile. Um, he has the least NFL experience um, out of the three, but the most overall experience out of the three. Um, he coached uh, a couple high schools and prep schools. Um, from 2006 to 2011, um, spent two years at Rutgers as a defensive assistant, then actually spent two years as a tight ends coach and one as a receivers coach, uh, then two years as, at Boston College as a defensive backs coach, uh, a year at co-defensive coordinator at Boston College, uh, a year at linebackers coach for Michigan, um, and he's been the Dolphins linebacker coach since 2020. Um, it's just with that background – it's very hard for me to see them giving the job to Campanile. I know he's being interviewed in a number of other places. If he gets a defensive coordinator job somewhere else, that's great. I just see Ronaldo Hill and Sam Madison both having more, A, play calling experience, B, running a defensive coach's room experience, um, and C, would both be very well received by the players, um, specifically being Miami Dolphin players. Yeah. Mentioning those three, the one thing I think they all have in common, and this is me guessing just based off of their play style and who they've coached under, is they do like man-to-man, man-to-man on the corners. I mean, Sam Madison was a man-to-man corner. And they do like the cover two look. And I I know we kind of did that this year, but we were more quarter – Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Coach, but uh, we ran a lot of quarters look, which is more dropping people in zone. And I saw a lot of people, the one complaint all year was our secondary was giving up nine yards almost every play. So we were already at a disadvantage even when we were playing. So I do think they want to get away from that because that's kind of a thing coaches go back and forth on from what I've seen. Do you want your guys back? 
so they can make a play or do you want them close to the line of scrimmage? And I think we saw Boyer was one way. He was wet. He was man cross the board and then worry about it from there. Fangio, I think went a little too much zone and I think it caused a lot of confusion, but I think they do want to go, go back to more of the man to man with two deep safeties. Yeah. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, if I had to rank them um, and give you kind of how I feel um, it'll shake out. I think Sam Madison and Ronaldo Hill are one a and one B. Um, I think they're right neck and neck with each other. Um, I think Chris Richard and Sean Desai are probably that next tier um, with each other. I mean, you don't, you never know um, the relationship they've kept or had with Mike McDaniel. Um, and then I think Anthony Campanile would be kind of five, but it again, wouldn't surprise anybody in the locker room if it's him. Um, and then you have Brandon Staley after that. I just, I find it very, very hard uh, to believe that we're, we'd pass over the guys we have in house um, and go with a guy like Brandon Staley coming right off of uh, what he came with being the head coach of the Chargers. And um, I don't even, when looking at his resume, um, see enough there uh, to give him the job over a guy like Sam Madison or Ronaldo Hill. So those are really the two guys um, that I think have the most likely chance to get the job in Hill and Madison. Um, and I think both of them would be home run hires. The big thing everybody is mentioning with Staley is his game plan against the Dolphins in 2022, which admittedly was really good. But is that enough to say he's a good hire? I think it's worth having an open mind if we did go that way, but he's not my first choice. Um, I think it's going to be either – I threw out Sam Madison in the Discord, but I don't think he's quite ready for that position, that responsibility. My thought is it's either Ronaldo Hill or Campanelli. Um, Campanelli is a guy that the Dolphins, I know for a fact, because I heard from multiple sources and from different beat writers, there were two people the Dolphins told all the coaches they interviewed after firing uh, Flores that they wanted to keep at all costs if possible. They wanted to keep Anthony Campanelli, and they wanted to keep Austin Clark. And Austin Clark is another guy I would not be surprised to get a look at defense, very true. He very true. Still a very young coach. I think he actually started as a coach with us as a assistant pass rush specialist or DN coach or something like that. But if you look at his position, he's constantly developed people his whole time here. So I wouldn't be shocked at Clark, but I think if you're looking at most ready in house, it's Campanelli and Hill. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's funny you joked early on, um, but it wouldn't be surprised if they gave Campanelli a lot of the uh, run game duties um, and then gave whoever between Hill um, and Madison, give them the defensive coordinator slash pass game uh, coordinator or pass game specialist, um, and then keep Campanelli as linebacker coach and run game coordinator or run game specialist. Yep. Um, that wouldn't completely surprised me and that could be a way to give a guy like Campanelli a raise um, and a promotion without fully having him jump up to defensive coordinator because what you we, we will see just like we see with Shanahan um, who has brought up a lot of coaches um, if the Dolphins keep having success you see Frank Smith um, has head coaching uh, kind of looks 
you bring a defensive coordinator in that's young, like a Sam Madison or Ronaldo Hill, one of those guys could be looked at as a potential head coach at some point. Um, so you definitely want to have an Austin Clark and Anthony Cavanelli in the room to be able to get up there to be the next defensive coordinator uh, after a guy like Ronaldo Hill or Sam Madison. Yep. And just to add, you're talking about the run game, pass game coordinator. Um, just to give clarity to, to listeners, while the Dol- what the Dolphins did with Godsey and Studsville a couple years ago is no, that's horrible. That's not the same thing. That's horrible. It is becoming more common, more so. And we'll get I'll get into that in a second. But it's becoming more common in the pros. You look at people that, funny enough, McDaniel coached with Lafleur, McVay, Shanahan. They have an offensive coordinator, but they also have a pass game coordinator and a run game coordinator as well on offense, but you're also starting to see that become big on defense as well. Um, Ronaldo Hill, I believe, is has pass game coordinator in his title. Yes, he does. He does. And it's becoming it's becoming more common. I know colleges do that a lot. I know, like I said, it's become more popular. And it's not splitting duties as much. It's more game planning and it's more of a collaborative effort. effort. I think it's gone more into the – to the analytics portion that is becoming so big in sports now. So I do think that's good. And to get to the code co-coordinator thing, I don't even know who was calling the place for us back then. Like if teams do it and the, so I hate to do this again, but I'll, I'll use Michigan as an example. Cause Michigan uh, had it a couple of years ago. Everybody yeah. take a shot. Red take, Smith, a shot. Michigan, take a shot. But last year and the year before there was co-coordinators Year, two years ago, it was Josh Goddess and Sharon Moore, but they gave Sharon Moore the run game coordinator position as well as co-OC, but Gaddis was calling the plays. Last year, Sharon Moore was the one calling the plays, and Zach Weiss had the pass game coordinator title. This year, it was just Sharon Moore. You go back to anybody who was on that uh, Dolphins team of floors, no one knew who was calling the plays. They even said Channing Fry, who was the quarterback coach, had – or Charlie Fry, not Channing Fry. Um, had Channing Fry was calling plays. That would be a big Channing problem. That would be a problem, too. Well, Chan Gailey called plays the year before, which was also a problem. But that's when you don't know who's in charge. That's an issue. When even the people in the building don't know who's in charge, that's an issue. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think you'd see a co-coordinator. I was just using that as an example to say when there's a co-coordinator, it's basically, in most instances, you already know who the play caller is. And we did not have that. I don't think you're going to see, like I saw a joke, Anthony Campanelli is one as the run game, as co-defensive coordinator with Sam Madison. I don't think you'd see that. I think it would definitely be, like you said, a defensive coordinator and then maybe add a title to someone as a promotion, but it's not going to be a who's in charge kind of thing. No, not at all. Like you said, co-offensive coordinators, uh, that can work. Uh, an offense coordinator, then pass game, run game specialist, that could work. You just need to have a clear plan as to who is calling the plays. Yep. And the Dolphins with Godsey and Sudsville had no clue who was calling the plays. So I, I don't think we're going to run into a situation like that. Um, but I think you can definitely see uh, a situation arising where there are multiple promotions uh, available here. Yeah, no, I do. And, I guess the next question is, well, it's kind of a two-part. 
do we see any more changes on the Dolphin staff? And why isn't one of them or will one of them be Danny Crossman? Because we've talked about enough that I'm not going to blame him for Bailey being an awful punter, but something's got to change with the special teams. So uh, as you're getting choked up saying how bad our special teams was. Yeah. Um, so if you are in our listening audience and not in our new uh, visual audience, who it'll be funny uh, that our new visual audience will see all the technical difficulties that we had early in the episode. Um, yeah. I'll, do, I'll, I'll do some cutting and help uh, producer Zach out today. Um, the one episode he decides to be a, uh, a ghost is the one episode where all hell breaks loose. But thanks, yeah. Zach. Um, but it'll hopefully sound better for the listening audience um, when I cut it. Um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. I don't even remember what your question was. Um, so I'm just going to riff more about technology for a second until you remind Danny me. Crossman. Oh, yeah. Oh, so what you didn't see, uh, if you were in our uh, listening audience, is me vigorously shaking my head yes uh, the second Brett mentioned the firing of Danny Crossman. Um, it is not, I do not take pleasure in people getting fired. Um, I will be very, very happy when the Dolphins have a new special teams coach. Um, our special teams significantly got worse once he took over. Um, I missed Darren Rizzi. Um, I was of the belief that we should consider giving him our head coaching job after the job he did with our special teams. Um, and I hope that uh, when Danny Crossman does get fired, uh, that the person the Dolphins bring in next um, can right the ship because our our special teams room uh, was god-awful this season. Right, yeah. No, I love Darren Rizzi too. Uh, and this is just another thing, and I think we've mentioned it in the past, Rizzi was our, started as our assistant special team coach under John Bonamingo, who was awful. And when Rizzi got promoted, everybody, and then cap after the season, many people were like, how are you going to say he's going to be better? And Rizzi ended up being one of the best special team coaches in the NFL. He awesome. uh, got past. What was that? He's awesome. I said he's he awesome. Uh, he got passed up over for, for the when Flo got the job and he left. And I'm pretty sure New Orleans, he's still in New Orleans. And I think they've he always is. had some pretty good special teams with him there. But yeah, no, Darren Rizzi would be awesome. I would go get him. I would even give whoever the back, the assistant special teams coach is a shot over. Um, over another year, Danny Crossman, because maybe you, you strike gold twice. But it kind of goes back to the point where people are like, why would you go with someone in-house to replace Fangio? You just never know what different ideas someone will bring to the table. Absolutely. And again, it comes down to communication. You can't – the days of the rough, my way, the highway coaches are gone. It just doesn't work, as we've seen up in New England now. Well, that's mostly because Tom Brady's gone. But there are very few coaches that are that gruff and that my way, the highway anymore. It just – it doesn't work in today's NFL may not even work in college as much either. Yeah. I, I think that uh, especially like you said, we don't know uh, if the backup possibly has good ideas. Um, but I think Mike McDaniel has a good idea and a good feel for those backups and, and those assistants um, and has been thinking about whether those guys would make um, good coaches and be able to give good promotion. So I think he's going to make an educated guess um, and I hope that by the next time we're talking next week uh, that we have more of clarity on who the defensive coordinator will be um, and who uh, possibly might be taking other roles. Do they have to do the whole interview process now? Um, 
I think they do the interview process. Um, I think the inter- they interview the guys that are in-house. Um, and I think if they aren't convinced about one of the guys in-house, um, that they'll go to a Rashad or a Desai and interview um, or a Staley and interview. Um, and they can always come back to the guys in-house. Um, but I could see uh, McDaniel doing his due diligence because this is a guy that's going to probably be here for a couple years. Um, I think that McDaniel knows it's a red flag that he's had to replace this job twice already, even though he didn't inherit Boyer and Fangio is um, different circumstances. But I think he's going to look for a guy um, that can run his defense for a couple seasons. So I was thinking this a little bit as a show. How much do you think, or when do you think, I should say, they knew the jumping off point was? Because to me, and this is kind of hindsight, look, thinking about it as we've, like all afternoon basically, I think the Titans game is when McDaniel probably knew that Fangio was going to go. Uh, the Titans game was frustrating. Uh, I think the Titans game was um, definitely a marker. Um, but I think that, the problems were brewing before that. I just think we were winning. So if you're winning, even though there are problems brewing there, like you kind of don't acknowledge them and you kind of keep going with how things are going. But I think once we started losing, uh, then it quickly became an issue. Um, And it was very easy after the Titans game, um, after the end of the first half of the Bills game, where – There was the play, which we got the stop. They didn't score, but our players were playing in the end zone and they got to the one-yard line um, or they got down a a couple extra yards and got an extra play out of it. Um, I I think there were signs uh, that the defense wasn't working, um, but because we were winning and because our offense was playing so well, there there was no acknowledging it. But I think you're right uh, that the Titans game was very, very likely the uh, point of no return. Do you think uh, – and you can't say Cam Smith. Who do you think – the? Who do you think the player who is going to benefit most from the fresh start is? Um, Nick Needham. You think we're going to bring him back? Uh, yeah, I do. I think it will be either Needham or Kohu. Um, if I can't pick Cam Smith, Cam Smith is an obvious because he's going to go from not playing to playing. Um, so that's an easy one. Um, I think either Nick Needham or Cater Kohu uh, will yeah. be the guy that benefits the most. Yeah, I think that is pretty obvious too because, like mentioned earlier, the regression from Kohu was so shocking. And we can even throw Brandon Jones into this too when he played, although I think he played better. That's a good him. answer. That's a good answer. If he's back because who knows if – because Brandon Jones is a free agent too. I hope so. I, I hope like so too. But you don't just go – and Needham – if he's back, Jones and Kohu, you can't go from the level they were playing at last year to being almost to be to being negatives this year for most of their playing cut. Like, yeah, it's it's something's got to change. Yeah. Now, if you had to guess right now, put money on it. Who are you saying is going to be the Miami Dolphins' often uh, defensive coordinator? I have said already, I think it's going to be either Madison Hill or Campanelli. Um, I'd probably sprinkle my money 
um, a little bit on each of them. Um, I'd put the biggest chunk in Ronaldo Hill. Um, then I'd probably put the next bit in Sam Madison and then Campanelli. Yeah, I I just have a feeling it's going to be Campanelli. I feel um, based off of his how he was presented on Hard Knocks, and that's a bad way to say to example to use, kinda. But how he was presented on Hard Knocks combined with just how beloved he is in the organization, I just get the feeling the big move was they don't want to lose him, and I think they're going to do what they what what they feel is necessary to keep Campanelli in um but the other and this may be kind of a kind of a reach but i will bet that you are more likely to see a first time defensive coordinator for the dolphins whether in-house or out of house than you are a like a former head coach becoming defensive coordinator or someone who has coordinator experience i think they're just gonna take a take a risk on a younger guy uh, well, you do have Ronaldo Hill, who does have a couple years of, of coordinator experience. So he's the one guy that I think is the exception to that rule. Um, and, and that coordinator experience is one of the reasons why I think I, I, he might be the guy. Um, but at the same time, uh, Campanelli is a guy that is so well-loved that if he's the guy that's that the decision is made for, um, I wouldn't blink. It, it would be something that I, I think uh, would be received very well. Um, the one thing I'll say is I feel like the promotion for him is going to be to be adding run game coordinator to his title. Um, I think there's a chance that they lose him because of that next year. Um, I don't think they're going to lose him this year. Um, but if it starts, I, I could see the Dolphins waiting a little bit to make this decision. Um, although all of us want them to make the decision now so we could talk about it and think about it and speculate about it what defense they're going to play, they could go a little slow to see if they're going to lose Campanelli. Because if you're not going to lose Campanelli, maybe you keep him in that linebacker coach, run game coordinator role, um, promoting him um, on top of a guy like Ronaldo Hill, on top of a guy like Sam Madison. Um, I, I think it tells those guys where they are. I think there's much more of a chance that one of them look for other options than Campanelli looking for another option if one of them are promoted. So I think the, the way to keep all three uh, is probably promoting Ronaldo Hill. Um, I think that keeps the most stability. Um, but the more I, I talk about Campanelli and look at Campanelli as a coach himself, not just on his resume, um, it's hard not to think he's going to be a great defensive coordinator. Yeah. I kind of think the original plan was for Ronaldo Hill to eventually be Fangio's replacement. But just with how everything went, it's kind of it's kind of hard to determine if that is going to stay the plan, especially because the rumors circulating around is this is going to be a very popular decision in the locker room. And Campanelli has the most rep with the locker room than anybody else. But we clearly don't have a great feel on the locker room because we yeah. thought everything was okay with Fangio. Um, so I, I think that whoever it is um, is going to be an upgrade. Um, and I think whoever it is is going to make the Dolphins better uh, going into 2024. Yeah. Uh, now just to – because I saw some names in the Discord earlier. I do have to say this. 
Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, they're not going to be our defensive coordinator next year. I, who else did people mention? I just wanted to be like, guys, come on. Connor Stallions? Eh. I don't know what his position was aside from filming from Michigan. I don't even know if he, he has a defense, but no, nah, I don't want Connor Stallions on the on the uh, on the Dolphins. Yeah, Jesse Winter no, though, the 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 Michigan defensive coordinator though, you can go get Jesse Minter because uh, he comes from the Ravens background, so he's the same as Mike McDonald, who is probably might be an NFL head coach at the end of this offseason. Yeah, so. I, I think Stephen Ross will be okay with that. He might be. He also might not be because he doesn't like to mess with Michigan. Yeah, but, but if he's uh, leaving anyways with the Harbaugh situation, maybe. might as well. Yeah, that would suck. If he left and didn't come to Miami, that is. We had but, to finish uh, the episode talking about Michigan, didn't we? We always do. You know, it's been about three weeks and Michigan's still a national champion. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think that's going to go for long. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I think that's good. I think that's good for the episode. We uh, – not just because I keep getting kicked, but uh good thing to talk about. I think whether it's you, me, Mr. S, Zach, or someone else, I believe we will have an article on different candidates on listpodcast.com within the next couple days, maybe a couple hours, honestly. Um, it, it'll be up by the end of the night. Um, it, it's just a matter of waiting to see if any reports come out or, or I can get any information about who that person might be. Yep. And uh, next episode, which will be here uh, next week at some point, though we might have to delay again because like Jordan said at the beginning of the episode, every time we delay, news comes out. Happened with Chase Claypool during the year. That's not one to brag about, I don't think, but that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, next week we will have our grades, which I'm interested to see because it feels like I go through a roller coaster talking about the grades of this team just because the season ended up being a roller coaster. I, I think people are going to be a little surprised by my grades. Yeah, maybe. I think people might be a little surprised with mine too because I think I feel like I'm going to be a little harsher than I was midseason. I felt like I was kind of harsh midseason for some. But we are going to cut this. Post-produce that music, Zach. <laughs>